1: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials
0: you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello there, I'm John Markar. And I'm Miles Lacey. And welcome to this week's Driven Chat podcast, where this week we are talking about me riding a Triumph motorbike whilst wearing a suit, we talk about Miles looking at that new BMW touring coupe, we talk about a Pirelli experience day at Silverstone, what it's like to drive a Rolls Royce in Italy, what it's like to unload millions of pounds worth of cars just on random Italian roads, and get ready for this, right? I talk about driving actual cars like an actual journalist. To give you some spoilers, BMW i7, Toyota GR Supra, BMW Z4, Sun Young Musso, Maserati Grecale, Volvo XC90, Mercedes-Benz EQS 300, Alpine A110S, Porsche Panamera Turbo, Ford Ranger, Jeep Wrangler, and a Ferrari 296 GTB. That's Mind a, drop. That's a lot.
1: Uh, but, but don't worry, people. Don't worry, dear listener. I absolutely come in and speak about the stuff that I like talking about, (laughs) which is race cars and things that are too loud and things that are generally unnecessary.
0: Enjoy. Welcome to this week's podcast. The Driven Chat Podcast, powered by Paramex Digital. Hello, and uh, welcome to the Driven Chat Podcast. Uh, As you've just heard, I'm John Markar, joined by Miles Lacey. I say joined, but it's not really joined because. It's just, just what it is now, isn't you've it? You've not got rid of me yet. No, no, still here. And this week, as we sometimes do, it's a non-guest week. So it's uh, the novelty is just us. It's Miles and I. And in fact, we were saying just before we hit the record button, this is the first time we've done this, because this is a, a very normal and fairly regular thing that I do with Amy. But uh, this is the first time that you've come in as just doing a, a general chit-chat, podcast that's exactly right and it like i can assure you dear listener it's not because we're short of uh short
1: of guests because that list is getting ever longer yes um but uh, yeah we like to break up the usual format and do this every now and again and uh you know cash on current
0: affairs and whatnot exactly it's very true because we do We do actually do quite a lot beyond the weekly interviews with people where we sit down and ask them all about their lives and what they've been up to and recent things and current affairs. But we very rarely actually talk about what we do and what we do is quite a lot, a lot for Driven, a lot for other people. You've been doing stuff with manufacturers. So it's been quite busy. So, yeah, it's a nice little debrief. Uh, We do it, tend to do it once a month or so bit of a chit chat i must emphasize it's chit chat that i'm saying it's up to you whether you want to interpret that as anything else but send us the comments afterwards you can decide (laughs) yeah absolutely was it chit chat or was it shit chat <laughs> who knows um well so where do we start as you've seen from the title of this week's episode providing i've gone with my working title that i've typed on the top which is john rides a triumph in a suit and miles checks out the bmw touring coupe uh, those are just two of the things that we've been up to recently but otherwise it's also been um, it's also been quite busy uh, thank you for all the nice comments by the way on last week's podcast with will beaumont off of Verka magazine. Mm. I thought that was good. Yeah, we did. I, we had some... I was only saying just before we started,
1: had some nice comments and a few people had mentioned uh, it was an interesting chat, which I think it
0: was. Yeah. He tells a good story. He does tell a good story. And uh, uh, also, thank you to the few people that noticed throughout our recording, I say throughout, for certain periods of time during our recording, uh, there was the sound of a, a seemingly a Nokia 3210 interfering with the microphones, which is something we can't explain because iPhones apparently don't do that. Uh, I can only imagine it's probably one that's been dug into the ground 10 years ago and it's still got two <laughs> bars of battery left or something. It was very bizarre. Um But yes, well done for anyone that spotted that. Um, and <laughs> thank you for those that took the time to write a message on Instagram and say, uh, just, just so you're aware, uh, it does interfere. Yep. Yeah. Um, sorry. But yes, there we are. So yes, a, bit, a big thank you. I spent a lot of time this week with a few press offices, uh, one of them being BMW, who who mentioned there that they've been listening. So um, yes, yeah, it's always nice to know that people are enjoying. So thank you. Now Miles, uh, where do we start with your past? <laughs> when? Well, in fact, so we, it was a couple of weeks ago that we recorded Will's episode, wasn't it? Yes. But in that time, you've actually been doing quite a lot. Since then?
1: Yes, I've been uh, gallivanting around Europe, you could say, nice. amongst other things. Um, yeah, uh, uh, I actually, what I managed to do was go out to one of the sunniest parts of the world uh, at a time where it wasn't sunny at all. Ah. Yeah. Uh, I flew out to Italy uh, to do some work at Lake Como and central Milan. Nice. Uh, and as probably people are well aware by now, there was a lot of rain. Mm. mm. Uh, only a couple of hours away from, from us and sure enough I was keeping an eye on things and then I saw the press release to say that the Formula 1 had been cancelled yeah, even. Yeah of
0: course those amazing photos of like the paddock underwater yeah. race transporters with you know the wheels basically covered up it, with water. Yeah serious thing
1: like even a few like a, a few friends in fact uh, a guy I raced with last year who now does uh, some of the uh, F1 uh, paddock club hosting mm-hmm. you know everything was all steam ahead they flew out there ready to go and within a 10 minutes of landing it was like right boys sorry um gonna have to take you home
0: yeah it's it's pretty bonkers i saw a lot of um i follow a few i'm not a big formula one fan but i follow a lot of friends on socials that work in the journalism realm of f1 and it was amazing yeah how close everyone came everyone was there they'd landed they were getting in coaches they were getting taxis and then finding out on their way to their hotels or to the circuit that it was actually can so it was quite serious yeah. yes quite serious thankfully it didn't quite make it to us where
1: we were in uh, over in Como uh but yes so I was actually there in a professional capacity you might say mm-hmm. doing some work with a, a luxury OEM and uh it, of course it was the uh, I'm going to get this completely wrong now in terms of the pronunciation concourse d'Elegance close, event close enough close enough uh, which is held at the famous Villa Dest
0: hotel at lake como which is an absolutely stunning location. Yeah. It's one of those ones I've known about this event now for years and years and years and every year I see the photos on socials and YouTube clips and things I think oh my god I have to go to that next year and I never have. So I've still not got around to it but is it as amazing as everyone makes out? Yes, in the sense of it's a, obviously
1: Lake Como's beautiful anyway. Um and then it's uh, all of these incredible cars and manufacturers and brands and all that kind of stuff just descend on you know this tiny little part of Lake Como um and it's just a concentration of sort of pure opulence really <laughs> <laughs> it's usually a lot of straw hats yeah that's
0: what I seem to remember Straw yeah. hats and blazers that
1: the the uniform is uh is uh what's the what's that ha- I'm gonna what's the hat called it's like a it's like a white hat with a with a Black ribbon around it. Oh God, no it's not a Trill beer but it's something else. On, I'm googling it. Google it now, Google it now, but yes, there's a lot of that. Um, a lot of red trousers uh, you know, the, the, that sort of brigade, uh, but no, that, that's probably doing it a disservice. it's actually it's a brilliant event, and obviously that's, it's, it's generally where. Um, a lot of brands will bring along their concept cars and things like that that have maybe been flying around the press. yeah and then sure enough, there
0: they are in the metal. That's it, yeah, Boater hat.
1: Boater hat. Boater hat. That's the one. That's the one.
0: Yeah, it's um, it is a great event for that because, of course, there's often the most beautiful, usually like one of one or one of five Bugatti models from the 1940s. Usually, that have also been wheeled out of a barn where they've sat for the past 50 years and not turned a wheel, and suddenly somebody's restored it and got it there to increase its value to. An extra 30 million euros or whatever it's gonna yeah be. it is incredible Um whilst you were there though there was also an unveiling of a car that caused somewhat of a stir on the social media yeah yeah a- yeah absolutely in terms of
1: um I, I mean i look i love a i love a, a classic car i love anything that was there was very very cool um but obviously if it has a BMW badge on it that's going to get probably more than its fair share of interest from me mm. so the fact that the uh i'm going to i'm going to try and get the name right now i think it's the uh BMW touring no concept touring coupe yeah i might have got the order of that wrong something like that. um but it has a lot essentially for me it's the new bread van yeah
0: and oh. it looks the dog's bollocks <laughs> Um, yeah. Now, I, I mean, so I was one of these people that was completely unaware of it until it happened. I was actually lying in bed <laughs> or sat in bed on Saturday night last weekend. So the last weekend that we're recording this, um, and I saw the I saw somebody post something on social media, and it was this weird bread van looking BMW. I was like, "What the hell's that?" Yeah. And then I refreshed my emails and saw that the press release had come through late, really late. I think it was almost midnight. And I was in two minds about, like, do I go to bed and just ignore this, or do I try and explore this? And ended up writing a little press thing about it. Um, it's caused one hell of a stir. Oh, yeah. I cannot recall the last time that BMW put out a car, a new car or a concept car, on their social media feeds that generated such a strong reaction to that car, and such a positive reaction, I should say, because of course there have been some recent unveilings and some recent announcements from the BMW press team and social media team that have made quite entertaining reading, I'd say, <laughs> on social media. Um, let's think, for example, the BMW XM, which we're still say no more throwing up in our mouths over. But that's a real thing that's happening and it has been made and from the day that it was launched and shown on social media. Everyone went wild in the wrong way. Yeah. Uh, this, on the other hand, has got people shouting. There's been lots of shouty capital letters replies in the comments going, you have to make this. Can you make this?
1: Yeah, and, and in typical BMW fashion, they've turned up with, an in inverted as a concept car, mm. which looks remarkably like it could go into production.
0: Exactly that. Yeah, and it was a guy on our own Instagram comments, and I'm... Fairly sure his name was paul i'm going to double check go but on paul i think it was oh no hang on I'm, oh, playing, I'm playing noises now from my phone this is very unprofessional uh, uh but yes whilst, whilst john's trying
1: to find that comment um mm. the car looked remarkable on the images so then to see it i was a bit of a surprise actually i was just sort of wandering through the garden at Villa Dest, as where all the cars are and then went <gasps> there it is uh-huh, and yeah. i sent you a picture immediately it and obviously is. you just fired it up on the social straight away yeah um it looks bloody brilliant. All the proportions are absolutely spot on. It doesn't look like it's so wild that by the time it maybe reaches production, it's totally watered down. It just looks, for me, it looks like it's good to
0: go. Mm. The only thing I might change is that rear window. Oh yeah, line where it kind of flicks up, which is very not very kind of typical of BMW design. But I don't, I don't think it quite works. So some job. of them, I am a bit. Yeah, I, I, I think it could if it was just a bit more. If you look at that in comparison to the predecessor models, like the Z4 and the Z3 coupes, they had the kind of flat window. And I get that there's design evolutions, but to me, as it sits, it doesn't quite work. But anyway, amazing thing. And yeah, the reaction, what was the what was the reaction like there? Were people kind of like rushing over to see it once, yeah. they, once they knew it was there? Yeah,
1: when they were rushing over to see it. Uh, there was a disproportionate amount of people you know, looking around it, taking photographs. And trust me, there was some other mad stuff there as well. Some fantastic... Mm. Porsche had a huge presence there, actually. Yeah. With historic race cars and all sorts of stuff. Like, stuff that just gets wheeled out, you know, never. Mm. Um, Amongst other modern things. But, yeah. You know, for saying it was just BMW went, yeah, here's this thing that yeah. we've not really hyped at all. I mean, what a way to
0: drop something. It's quite cool, isn't it? Yeah. Now, the big fuss that's gone with social media because of that car or following the reveal of that car is of course the big question is this going to be something that goes into production i was right by the way it was paul bm paul who uh, commented on our social uh, on our instagram feed about it Yeah. Uh, and paul's comment which was great was it looks like a teaser to me it's a fully production ready model i'm not sure how many car manufacturers bother putting towing eye covers onto a concept car only great observation very good observation yeah and I took that observation with me to one of the events that I attended this week which was (laughs) the uh, SMMT test day and I'll talk more about what that is and the mad selection of cars that I've driven this week shortly but I did go and speak to the BMW press team who were there including the big bosses from Mm -hmm. BMW UK press and I put the question to them and I said look I've heard rumours that there might be a low production version of this. I've also heard rumours that it might just be going into production. I've also heard people say, it's definitely not going to go into production. But why would you, using Paul's comment, why would you put towing eye covers onto a concept car as well as parking sensors and various other things? Yeah. I don't know if I am in the right position to give the news that I heard from the BMW press team and the marketing team but I'm afraid it's not good news. <gasps> what? Yeah. It's probably not going to be a production car. Oh, my God. Yeah. Apparently, the the reaction to it was completely unexpected. Uh-huh. BMW marketing, certainly the UK team, did not expect to have the crazed reaction that it's generated. Wow. So this could still, in theory, change the destiny of this car. However... To build a car, in the words of BMW, to build a car like that, it would cost so much money and it would take so much time that in order to make it work, the car would have to be priced at a ridiculous level. So I'm afraid to say the chances are it's not going to happen, which to me made very little sense because (sighs) in my head, I look at it and go, well, that's the Toyota Supra platform yes because of course the toyota supra platform is the coupe version of the z4 that bmw couldn't make because they signed into the agreement with toyota to say that they would make the coupe thing now surely that must come to a time limit in my head this is what i was thinking that must come to an end end of time and to a point where bmw can then make their coupe version which should be this i saw the concept and was like this is it oh this is it This is gonna be it and they're gonna make an m version it's gonna be amazing stop it but that's torn my heart out i know the the word from Chris at BMW was uh, very, very, very unlikely. It may go into a small, small, small group, uh, uh, like a small production number project. Yeah. But then we're probably talking between five and ten cars, oh, if it no. happens. So, yes, apologies if I've shattered the dreams of anyone else listening, but I was... Uh, uh, yeah, I felt a little bit down by that yeah. announcement. Yeah, you know, you and everyone else that thought that thing was awesome. Yeah, yeah. But well, it, let's hope that they find a way. I, You know what? Never say never, because, of course... Stranger things have happened. Stranger things have happened. And if they don't, you know, following that reaction from the general public on social media, if they don't at least try to make a small production volume or put it you know onto a list of cars in another five years or so they're really missing a trick because yeah. i think the the selection of cars that have come out of bmw recently that have caused such a reaction on social media and not a good reaction but like a kind of what the hell are you doing um it's just it, it, for them to get such a positive reaction and then not do anything with that i think would be Balmy. Yeah, I think it would be absolute sacrilege
1: and, uh, you know, redeem yourself, BMW. We're, we're the, John and I are like your biggest fans exactly. here. Exactly. You yeah. know, we're not, this is not a BMW bashing. We're, we're saying, come on. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Us and the thousand odd people that engage with us on our one social media post about it as well. Yeah. For sure. It's crazy. Um, talk to me a little bit more about Italy um, whilst you were there did you um, have we even mentioned the cars that you were driving whilst you were there because I think that's quite a big
1: point yeah uh, so I was working with Rolls-Royce oh yes yes, that's the luxury OEM yes that that, uh, fabulous UK mark do you know in the last 12 months I've actually spent quite a bit of time in them and before that not a lot so Mm. I didn't really get them and now I do get them.
0: Okay. What um, didn't you get before?
1: I, d- I I thought there was a part of me that thought where's the uplift from this car over like a look, you know, a luxury sedan or something mm. like that? Where is the uplift? But it becomes very blindingly obvious when you spend I would say it's when you spend a decent amount of time in them mm. because you don't get out stressed. Everything's very comfortable, and you' the more things you start to notice about these little details that seemingly you probably wouldn't have noticed if you just jumped in it for five minutes and jumped out again when you start to live with one for a bit more, you go okay they mm. they they are a cut above, uh, particularly the phantom the new the new uh what the current generation phantom, whatever it's called, yeah, really really impressive thing um and, uh, and they do, believe it or not, because the standard Phantom just wasn't big enough, they do an extended wheelbase as well, <laughs> which is enormous. Um, you know, obviously the more room in the back for the for for said passenger. Yeah. Um, but if you want to have a heart attack, try driving one around the streets of Como and the streets of Milan, <laughs> because the whole time you're just going, ah no, oh, God, no, don't get too close to me. It's, you know, because they're large vehicles, Italians yeah. are, um, they have an interesting method of driving, which involves driving however and whichever way they want yeah. and also parking wherever they want. <laughs> and, you know, space is not of a, you know, space is of a premium around, around Italy and uh, a Fiat Panda, no problem at all. Uh, uh you know, a, a large
0: long wheelbase luxury limousine, essentially, um, different story. It's. I love talking about driving in Italy. I also love driving in Italy. I'd go as far as saying, for me personally, Italy is my favourite country in the world to drive in. Yes. For that reason. <laughs> for that kind of absolutely... mad, It's one of the only countries in the world where more than once I've seen an ambulance on the blues and twos driving down a motorway as, far, as fast as it can, and there'll be a Fiat 500 behind flashing its lights to get it out of the way because oh, it yeah? wants to overtake... It is the most amazing country for, here's how I want to drive, therefore please respect it. And people do. Yes. Like, if you're on the motorway and people want to press on, you let them through. If you want to press on, they will let you through. Nobody gets upset about it. Like, here in the UK, for whatever reason... there seems to be this bizarre culture where nobody wants to be overtaken. Even if <laughs> even if you're driving a milk float that tops out at 11 miles an hour, mm. if a car wants to get past you, for some reason, driver of said milk float is waving their arms frantically at you like you've trodden on their firstborn child's foot. It's yes. bizarre. It's absolutely bizarre. And I'd be fascinated to find out from our listeners, where else in the world this happens? Because I've done a lot of driving in the US as well, where I've seen a similar thing. I think we, as drivers, we're quite similar, uh, the Brits and the, uh, and the US, because it, there's that same culture of somehow getting overtaken is like losing a race yeah. in Italy doesn't matter. Any, you literally just crack on. Anything goes. And that includes having a car accident frequently
1: because <laughs> I've witnessed two with my own eyes when, <laughs> when I was there in the centre of Milan, like this huge clatter. And I turned around and went, <gasps> and it was a Fiat 500 that had reversed straight out into the path of a delivery truck. Brilliant. Um, that was, that. You, you, both drivers fine, but you know, a lot of, you know how they do. A the, lot of hand gestures. A lot of hand gestures going yeah. on, which is very entertaining. Yeah. Um, but what i did uh what i did learn was the fastest way to get around milan uh is indeed not in a car or public transport at all okay get yourself an uber bike oh yeah and not and gosh, don't do any peddling it's a bike that has an electric motor in it
0: oh yeah yeah oh yeah,
1: yeah. oh yeah get on the uber app um <laughs> so we timed this so we actually had a competition between a bunch of us that were at this hotel we needed to get from the hotel to another location where we were storing all the cars a bunch of them went in a car with a very committed driver in the car. Uh, and two of us went on bikes. We got there a full eight minutes before the others. Perfect. And this is right across the stretch of Milan. So, my, you know, the driven chat advice, if you need to get around somewhere quickly in, uh, in the centre of Milan. <laughs> is don't drive. Is don't drive. <laughs> you
0: yeah, heard it here, folks. Heard it here first, folks. Don't bother with cars. They're useless. Just ride a bicycle. Exactly that. Um, (laughs) yeah it's a great city as well Milan isn't it I love it would recommend and and back and back to Como for a
1: minute so this is Mm. where this is where the event actually happens which is at the as I say the Villadest Hotel Um, because all of these cars are being transported and subsequently offloaded to go into the event the Friday before the event is absolute it's like Italy on steroids it's absolute (laughs) car nothing moves there's a lot of police with uh, you know white gloves on running around just sort of waving hands at people um there's a lot of shouting there's a lot of trucks there's a uh, but the best part is there's no kind of so there's no like unloading area you know like at a car event or something like that there's normally a place where all the trucks go and it's all you've got loads of space to do none of that it's basically the truck will just go i'm going to stop here this will do yeah and then unload said priceless car off the back of a truck (laughs) Uh, And it's just people holding hands up and sort of hoping for the best. It's the most
0: bizarre thing ever. The Friday, I would argue, is better than the event itself. Yeah, I can imagine. It's so easy, I guess, as as Brits, and we've both been in and around the world of events and hospitality and that that kind of bizarre theatre, circus of an industry here in the UK because everything is red tape. There's always a man in a high-vis jacket with a clipboard (laughs) watching everything that you do. And if you haven't unloaded your car in the designated unloading area... How dare you? Oh, God, you'll be given a fine and you'll You'll be shot. Pets will be taken away. It's utterly, utterly bizarre to then have that contrast of Italy being like... whatever yeah just do what you gotta it do shoulders shrug, it's up, hands in the air shoulders shrugged like yeah the
1: nearest yeah. i got to um the nearest i got to an actual telling off uh was was again in milan and uh we'd elected to drive out of this extremely tight car park um and i ended up accidentally sort of blocking the road slightly not really an issue like as soon as one car moved the next one would have gone mm. and then this policeman strolls over and i thought Ugh, he looks quite angry and he was quite angry, funnily enough. <laughs> so he started speaking to me in the Italian, which I don't speak. Um, and I said, uh, do you speak any English? And it's it straight, he's like, his eyes widened like this. He said, no, when you're in Italy, if you don't speak Italian, you shut up. Love it. L- right? <laughs> and I was like, wow, at least we know where we stand.
0: <laughs> and that was the end of that. Pretty bold. Um, I mean, I like it, but... Mr Policeman should remember that Italy is the only country in the world where they speak Italian Yeah, <laughs> and asking everyone to speak Italian is a difficult thing but I get it yeah and the Amazing. irony the irony being that he told me off in English in English, of course yeah to speak English I speak English perfectly but just I'm enough not going to. I'm just <laughs> enough to give you a tongue lashing <laughs> yeah so that was quite funny um
1: but like I say just a bizarre thing and if you you know it, it you there's people like i say the, the wealth and sort of opulence around it is mm. is is very impressive if that's your thing um arriving I, arriving on a nice little river boat yeah. lakes like that's the quickest way of getting around como for sure mm-hmm. is on a boat um but it it goes a step further because by all accounts the lake is sort of controlled by um
0: should we say some mafioso ah. yeah uh for i don't know need how... to be playing some like italian godfather music exactly right yeah
1: yeah exactly um i didn't uh, i got a small flavor of that now and again because boats kept getting pulled over for no apparent reason and then wow. suddenly envelopes of money. envelopes moved around and then suddenly they were okay to carry on <laughs> that was just opposite something i observed um what else what else uh, a great story that a friend of mine told from a couple of years back mm. so uh, he was working for he was he was doing some work out there and uh, I don't know I don't know who for but basically they would do a thing where um, there are seats so there are seats in the garden mm-hmm. and then the cars at, are announced as they come through and sort of put on a plinth and then drive through you know it's like a moving motor show kind of thing mm. and their seat that you know the seats at the front are obviously you know, sought after. So they would do this thing where they would hold seats for certain guests and all that kind of thing. they're reserved, et cetera. So he was there holding a seat for a guest to turn up. Mm-hmm. Um, and he sat there quite, you know, enjoying the show and the concierge, one of the concierge from the hotel turns up, says, um, excuse me, sir, but this seat's reserved. He says, uh, well, yes, I know I, it, it's reserved for us. We're, we're actually, I'm just holding it for when, when the actual guest turns up. Um, no, excuse me sir, that this seat is reserved and the te- the the tone changed ever so. He's like, oh, "Well, this is getting a bit awkward." Cuz he's like, "Yes, I know, but we it is reserved. <laughs> I know I it's am. reserved. Here I am. It's <laughs> reserved for us." Um and then the tone changed dramatically. He said, "Get up out of the seat now, sir." And he was like, "Oh." Um and looked across and saw some sort of bloke's looking quite sort of sternly at him and he's like okay I'll, I'll, do you know what i'll get up so sort of few minutes goes by and then this bloke turns up with a little entourage all in sort of well-dressed suits and all that kind of stuff and man sits down looking a bit like the man from del monte <laughs> <laughs> sits down and this group of bodyguards and etc are just swarmed around him Mm. okay so he's clearly a man of importance and joe's like "Uh, okay okay i think i think i think i get it now yeah um so this guy took absolute bearing in mind that you know there's cars there that are super impressive you never see them Mm. etc 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 anyone of anyone would be there to see the cars right no he was not he sat there legs crossed cigarette on perfect broadsheet newspaper out like this and for for the for the uh listeners i'm actually pretending to hold a big newspaper (laughs) at the moment and the newspaper sits in front of him the entire time you can't even see even if you wanted to no and it doesn't matter what car turns up just amazing change of the page carry on reading my newspaper thank you very
0: much Love it. This thing happens, right? It's it's one of those things, isn't it? Like there's certain events that happen all around the world where people almost just turn up to be seen there. <laughs> yes. That's it. I don't care about the spectacle that I'm seeing. I just want people to know that I was there or yes. that I'm here, even if I am going to sit here and read the Financial Times or something. It felt like it was one of those
1: very scenarios.
0: Bizarre. Mm. Absolutely bizarre. Well, how fun. I still must add... The uh, Concorde d'Elegance to my, uh, to my list at Como because, yeah, every, every single year I do it and I always forget when it happens. And I see the photos go up on social. I'm like, damn it. So, yeah. yeah, maybe next year. Maybe uh, we'll record a podcast. Maybe there. we shall. That oh one thing topical. I do want to know, actually, who was in the back of your Rolls Royces? Because I assume oh. you weren't just driving them for a laugh. Um no, uh, in fact, uh, j- just uh, to be honest,
1: guests, uh, <laughs> guests of the brand, all that kind of stuff. People, customers. Yeah, pick people, customers, all that kind of thing. Nice. Um, yeah. So, uh, as as I understand it, when uh, when a special car is built, um, in this case, it was a coach-built Phantom. Mm. Uh, by all accounts, one of the most customized Phantoms ever. Mm. Uh, part of that is that you go out there and have have that experience basically the car revealed in in como etc etc so it was all a big kind of build up around that really um very impressive i have to say like they they do know how to put on a good gig Mm. yeah um so i couldn't tell you who was in the back but they 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 seemed important
0: (laughs) (laughs) you smiled and smiled and yeah smile wave (laughs) just crack on with the driving Try not to crash. I'm guessing not that you're not driving their cars, as in the no, the no, no. This is cars. like press fleet. Yeah, that would be yeah, amazing, yeah. wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. Could you imagine? Congratulations, new car. I'm just going to take it for a spin. You can sit at the back if you like. Yeah. Try my best not to crash into any any <laughs> one of these Fiat 500s that Here's are erratically driving on the pavement. It's um,
1: bizarre, yes, uh, and an impressive, and you name it. There aren't there aren't enough adjectives because it, your jaw just sort of spends most of its time on the
0: floor. Really. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I bet, I bet. So whilst you were having a lovely time in the rain in Italy, driving around in Rolls-Royces, is there, what's the plural for Rolls-Royce? I think it's uh, just Rolls-Royce, isn't it? I think it's Rolls-Royce, yeah. I'm going to keep saying Rolls-Royces just to upset the, uh, <laughs> the purists, the, the English-language purists. Um, I, uh, I wasn't in Italy. Yes, John, tell no. us what on earth you were doing. Uh, I was mostly riding around central London on a bright orange Triumph, wearing my Sunday best. You did look very dapper. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And when I say Sunday best, for anyone that doesn't follow us on social media, that isn't why front strange and way an egg an stained um, yeah vest. <laughs> yeah, I was one of many, 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 many riders, uh, motorcycle riders. I should point out that uh, took part in the distinguished Gentleman's ride, which is a brilliant event something i've wanted to do for absolutely donkey's years and if you're a regular listener you will have heard amy and i talking about this both a few weeks ago when we we're talking about the build-up to this but also if you are a really regular listener and one of our hardcore i've listened to every episode people then you'll be aware that amy and i also recorded a podcast with mark Hower, the founder of dgr distinguished gentleman's ride back in 2021 i believe so oh so it's quite new uh, well, the event itself, so the event itself has been around since 2012. Oh, I see. But that's been happening in, so I think the first couple of years it happened in Australia. Got so the it. The format started there. Then as the world started to notice this event, it kind of branched out. Started out as a charitable ride focusing on prostate cancer for oh. men. It was like a, It was discovered that that was one of the biggest killers of men and therefore wanted to spread awareness, and make sure that men were aware of it and to get their prostates examined and that sort of that sort of stuff, all very, very important. Um, not and then, during the ride, we might add. Not during the ride. No. That would be that would be quite the event. Mm. Uh, yes. No. Um, and then as the years have gone on, it's kind of become
1: hugely
0: popular worldwide. So uh, I should be able to bring up the stats somewhere. But essentially, what started out as a small group, in fact, I know where I can get the stats because I've just written an article about it and that has all of the answers to all of the things that I want to say, It started out with quite a simple format. It was a small-ish group of riders who got together, put on their smart suits, decided to ride around and raise some sponsorship, and they did very, very well. Uh, It Then, as the years went on, just seemed to get bigger and better. Now, if I bring up my statistics, which will be here. Here we go. So, yes, it was 2012. It was 3,000 riders who were taking part in 64 cities in and wow. around Australia. Um, by year two, the 3,000 riders had grown to 11,000, and that was in events happening in 164 cities. Uh, so at that point, they were raising around £150,000 per event. In aid awesome. of prostate, prostate cancer, which is incredible. Um, by year three... That's where it started to really jump. So year three, it kind of took a global stance. Mm -hmm. 257 cities worldwide across 58 countries. And that was the first time that the charity, the the kind of fundraising for it, broke the million pound marks. That year, they raised 1.2 million pounds. Now... It's just continued to grow. It's been this amazing thing. And even if you're not entirely sure, if this is the first time you've ever heard of this event, if I say to you, classic motorcycles and classic styled motorcycles riding around your city centre by people wearing suits, looking very (laughs) dapper. And when I say suits, I don't mean motorcycle suit like (laughs) leather, I mean tweed check waistcoat suit trousers smart shoes that's the vibe Mm. and it's just such a spectacle and i've wanted to do this for years and there isn't really any excuse that i haven't done it up until now but triumph a few weeks ago as i was talking to their pr team said oh by the way do you fancy doing the distinguished gentleman's ride if we send you a triumph to to use (laughs) oh go on then yes exactly Uh, And they gave me the option of joining any ride in the country. But, of course, I, I picked London because that is my home city. And I remember very fondly seeing the DGR riding through London uh because they used to ride one of the routes used to go down my dad's road so we used to stand outside and see these amazing bikes go down waving his fist (laughs) (laughs) bloody Um, bike riders yeah making all that noise but it is an absolute spectacle so this this year for the london ride alone we had 500 riders me being one of 500 with 500 bikes and it was an absolute spectacle. We were re- going around central London, a planned route, brilliantly planned by a group of amazing marshals, some leading the way, some standing at junctions, kind of pointing at traffic, telling the riders which way to go. That's so cool. Absolutely amazing. And yeah, I mean, my ears are still slightly ringing as a result <laughs> of it because it was incredibly noisy. Um, but yes, it, it, it's brilliant. And the money I've just seen that this year, with the DGI, DGR rides combined around the world, um, so London obviously was just one of the many cities all over the world that did a ride on that same day, Sunday the 21st of May, the total has now reached more than $7 million. What? That's been raised from this year alone. So that's it,
1: incredible.
0: It's absolutely bonkers. Um, I think at the moment... I think we're now looking at somewhere in the region of if you combine all of the years all of the charity rides put together there is a figure somewhere in the region of 30 to 40 million pounds that has been raised for both prostate cancer but also in in more recent years the focus has been on men's mental health surely and recognising that the suicide rates for men is just Terrible. It's mm. shocking. And, and in fact, so it was Ben Bowers up on stage who was kind of leading it. He was one of the, the organisers for the London ride. He came out with that statistic. We had a bit of a, a rider's briefing beforehand. And he said, just quite casually as part of his speech, a man takes his own life once every 60 seconds around the world. That's horrendous and when you think about that one every 60 seconds that is absolutely absurd we're going to be recording this podcast i guess for about an hour mm. and if we you know, if you put it into that mindset it is just absolutely bonkers in the article i've written i broke i've broken it down even more so yeah one per minute 60 every hour obviously 1,440 people every single day, yeah, men, that's taking their own lives. It's just not acceptable, is it? It's just absolutely bonkers. And it was this, this real moment of, obviously, there was a lot of joy in the event because, of course, we're all there to raise money and have an amazing time and ride amazing motorcycles, and we all looked amazing. Like Everyone looked so smart. But standing there amongst 500 other people, mostly blokes, not exclusively by any means, but mostly blokes, and looking around and thinking, that's a just utterly bonkers it statistic is. it is it's appalling. Um, so yes the money that's being raised at the moment is is going to amazing causes i will mention this at the end but i wanted to mention it now as well you can still donate if you want to up until the 4th of june so on the 4th of june the fundraising for this year's event will close and then they'll do the big final here's how much we raised announcement but i think they are already on track for being over seven million certainly seven million dollars so let's give or take a, a few Um, for pounds but um, if you want to donate you can do it to my direct um, fundraising page if you go onto my Instagram feed just search for John Marker and look in the little bio bit you can see my feed there and the money every single penny that goes on goes into the charity it's not like there's no there's no incentive necessarily to donate it via me you can do it directly to DGR if you want to it makes no difference at all Um, but if you're listening and thinking, bloody hell, that sounds like a brilliant cause and you want to give even a couple of quid, do it. And what I'll do actually to make life even easier, I'll put the link to my fundraising bio at the bottom. I set myself a really um, quite modest target of 500 quid. I thought Mm. if I raise 500 quid, I'll be absolutely delighted. And I did. I've done that. And anything more to add on to that would just be amazing. So if you feel like that's a brilliant cause, I want to sponsor then by all means, go on. I can say without a doubt, I will be doing that ride again next year. Maybe not necessarily in London. I might try and go elsewhere in the world. Uh, I know that Mark Hauer, the founder of DGR, he'd done something amazing. So he did the first ride in New Zealand, yeah, yeah. in Auckland, yeah. which of course has uh, starts their day before anyone else. Once he'd finished his ride, he then flew to Hawaii. That's awesome. So he flew the wrong way around the world to Hawaii to do the last ride of the day in Honolulu. That's cool. So cool. Now, we're,
1: we're huge. Obviously, we've spoken about this topic many times. We're huge advocates of anything to do with supporting mental health. Yeah. Um, so this is just an extension of that, of course. Mm. And go on, throw a fiver up the internet and, uh, and get it over there. And maybe even, because I'm not a bike rider, uh, John, and, uh, John keeps trying to drag me over to the dark yes. side. Maybe one day I could uh, get, what, what's, the, what's the entry-level license? A CBT?
0: Uh, a CBT, and you can do it on a CBT. Yep, you could absolutely do it on a CBT. 80, 80 quid, go and get your day CBT course. Yeah. Get yourself a little 125. I will stress that it needs to have gears, because mm. I'm not letting you do a twisting go. Okay, okay. Um, and yeah, we'll get like a little, um, like mo- motorcycles. 125s now are so cool. When yes. I started riding... There were no cool 125s. No, like it just didn't exist. Now there are like cafe racer and classic styled new bikes, but they look old and they're just amazing. I love all of that stuff. So, Let's yeah.
1: set a target for, for uh, uh, me to come and join you next year. Let's do, Let's it. do that. Yeah. Um, and and Mutt, uh, is it Mutt that you've mentioned? Yeah. I stumbled across them on the
0: on Instagram some six yeah. months ago, and yeah. I
1: thought they're bloody cool. They are. They
0: are really cool. There's a few companies doing it now, but I think Mutt were one of the first. And they look really good. They like really, really well put together. I've seen them I've visited a couple of bike showrooms and they've had them on display there and they proper quality bits of kit. Um and this is not a plug for Mutt at all. I've no. never we've never ridden one. Um other than yeah, that's the one that kind of jumps out in my head. So yeah, really, really, really cool event. It was we were so lucky with the weather. Um, I mentioned my dad. He, bless him, decided to come out and meet us and, and see the ride coming past. So he made his way over to St. Paul's Cathedral, which is only a short distance from where he lives. And so I managed to bump into him on the ride, which was brilliant. And yeah, it's just it's such a wonderful event. And if it's something that you've been thinking, like me, for years and years and years, and you ride motorcycles and you think, oh God, I've always wanted to do that. There is literally no reason for you not to do it. Signing up to the DGR is as simple as going onto a webpage, clicking sign up, You donate £50 of your own money to get into the registration and then that's it. You're in. You've already given £50 to an amazing cause and then you have a share link that you can go out to other people, send it to your friends, send it to your family, put it on your social media feeds and encourage people to donate knowing that every single penny that's raised is going to those amazing causes. Um, So yes, go and do it. You've got no excuse. I will see you at a DGR ride somewhere in the world next year. And so will Miles. Of course, fantastiche. Let us cut to a short break. But before I do, Miles, I've got something to read. Oh, wow. Yes. Does that mean we have sponsorship? And sponsor. Oh, wow. We do indeed. Uh, And it's a really good one. Uh, this episode of The Policy is sponsored by our friends at Forza Cliente. Now, Forza Cliente provides a bespoke service to meet your exact requirements for buying or selling the finest supercars and hypercars, and I cannot emphasise that enough. They really are the finest. Uh, we all know how painful it can be selling cars. I hate it, personally. It's my least favourite activity in the world. Yes. I'd rather eat glass yes. than sell cars. Uh, equally, I also know how painful it can be to buy cars, because, of course, if Somebody privately selling it, do they ever reply to your messages? No. If it's in a showroom, will the showroom ever reply to your messages? No. Will phone calls ever back ever happen? No. Forza Clienty basically have set up their own business with one simple objective, and it's to deliver the best dealer experience for buyers and sellers. Simple as that. They are absolutely smashing it. The team behind Forza Clienti have an amazing, incredible background spanning more than 15 years of high-end engineering and sales experience selling for the likes of Ferrari, Porsche and Bentley at flagship showrooms here in the UK. So if you are looking to buy, sell or trade your performance car, it is worth checking out the website to make some inquiries. And if like me... You enjoy a bit of a a bit of browser window shopping. Who doesn't? Uh, It's it's actually also worth visiting the website. Oh dear, I sadly don't have the kind of cash in the bank to buy one of these cars. But it's worth mentioning. Right now, at the time of recording this, ForzaCliente.com has available to mention a few. We've spoken about them already. Rolls Royce. They've got a Rolls Royce Dawn, absolutely stunning. They've got a Porsche Taycan with delivery miles. Oh. Like, ready to go. Okay. Uh, Lamborghini Urus. I think that one might have just sold, but there is at the moment, still on the website, Lamborghini Urus. Worth checking out. The One of those amazing kind of, like, orangey gold exclusive series Porsche 911 Turbo S. Very cool. Such a cool thing yeah. and so quick. And to top it all, one of my absolute favourite hypercars, of recent times, the Porsche 918 Spyder. You're kidding. So cool. And in fact, I popped over to the Forza Cliente HQ on the day that that was dropped off for the photo shoot because I just wanted to see it. There was yeah. no other reason. I just wanted to go and see it. Uh, and I did. It's amazing. It still looks amazing to think that that car is now like 10 years old, maybe slightly. Oh, yeah. Um, It still looks absolutely incredible. There are loads more cars on the website for you to go and drool over and have a look at But as I say, if you are one of the very lucky people out there that has either the money in the bank to go and treat yourself to a new car, it's definitely worth checking out the website. The website is forzaclienti.com. Don't worry about that spelling. If you're not sure, scroll down to the show notes. There's a link there in the show notes that will take you directly through to the website where you'll be able to see the cars. And perhaps you've got that car, that supercar, that hypercar that you're either looking to sell or looking to trade forza cliente are the people to go and talk to they are sponsoring us certainly for the next few weeks very kindly love the fact that we've got them aboard. love the fact that we've got an automotive company on board and um yeah also we'll link in with them on our social feed so if you go onto our instagram page you will see they're sponsored by forza cliente in the bio so you'll be able to click there go straight through to their profile and just drool away at beautiful cars well
1: i know what i'm going to waste my weekend doing
0: (laughs) exactly Back in approximately some seconds. The Driven Chat Podcast.
1: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news?
0: And we're back.
1: Yeah, and we did that thing where we didn't actually go for a break. We
0: just sat here awkwardly in silence. Just pretended. Yeah, just pretended we had a break. Did you have a break, dear listener? We didn't, so we're <laughs> we back did, we and did. we're just going to te- keep talking garbage. We'll we'll do our best. Um, so, John. Yes, Miles. I'm going to turn
1: the attention back towards you. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So whilst I was getting rained on mm. um, in, uh, in Italy, you were... Uh, what can I, I I'm just looking at a list here in front, and it seems like you've driven every car ever this week
0: uh well, it, it, you say this week, it has been this week. in fact, all of that list within the last 20 within the last 36 hours of us recording <laughs> this exact impressive conversation.
1: Um, I, I'm looking here, and there are let me count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. 11 cars Mm. uh, that you managed to drive in 36
0: hours. That's pretty good going. How on earth did you manage that? (laughs) This is, of course, the SMMT test day, the Society of Motor Manufacturers and Testers, that organise this brilliant press drive day once a year. They do it at Millbrook, which is, of course, the proving ground in the United Kingdom, where uh, I think it used to be owned by GM, didn't it, or Vauxhall? Mm. I think owned it. They built it from scratch, this amazing site and it is huge it's like it three monstrous. airports combined yeah. in size uh, all the manufacturers come along on the test day and they invite a large number of press to come along and essentially have a quick go in everything so we're talking 15 20 minute sometimes half an hour test drives around the millbrook facility and millbrook in case you're unaware of it has got the most incredible road network they've designed a A road surface for every single car from off-road to... And when I say off-road, I mean like a bit of gentle off-roading to loose sand to climbing up scales of walls that should not look possible to drive cars up, but they do. You couldn't walk up it, could you? No way. Um, They've got... What they they used to call the Alpine course, they just call it the Hill Route now because then a car manufacturer came up with the brand Alpine and they couldn't <laughs> appear to be sponsored by. But the Hill Route, they've got high-speed bowls, they've got uh, motorway networks, it's just ridiculous. But you, I'm guessing, Miles, in your previous line of work... You might have spent some time at Millbrook.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, we Bentley would use era. it uh, not really for any development work, uh, but we certainly would use it for shaking things down mm. uh, because, as people are well aware, it rains a lot in the UK. Yeah, And generally speaking, when you're doing dry handling work and that kind of thing... <laughs> You need a dry surface, mm-hmm. uh, which is is few and far between. So actually, I used to spend a huge amount of time at Idiada, but Millbrook for sure. Yeah. But the most interesting part of Millbrook for me is the big drift circle,
0: because that's really fun. Yeah. The drift circle is what they use. It's the car park, to isn't house it? the cars <laughs> for the manufacturers. So yeah. So there was an amazing collection of cars. And you kind of go there, a bit like a kid in a sweet shop who's just been given 20 quid. Like, go, go in and treat yourself. And you're there like, oh, God. <laughs> where, <laughs> where do I, do I start? St-? Yeah, where do I start? Um it was an interesting day for many reasons, because they. it is a day where everyone gets to go along and test these cars, but also it's a day where the SMMT, the Society of Motor Manufacturers and Testers, also come up with some stats. They talk about what's happening in the car world, which is very helpful for people like me and proper journalists because then it gives us a great overview of what we need to be talking about. The big conversation that happened, of course, is a big focus on electrification. That was quite... Uh, quite some poignant statements made about the build-up now, what we're calling the build-up to 2030 and the build-up to 2035. Um, but what was interesting is the SMMT guy, the, the chief exec, was there kind of giving his overview of how it was all going to span out and talking through um, deadlines that all motor manufacturers are going to have to meet by certain years and in fact i took some photos of the the slides that they were showing because some of it really surprised me Mm -hmm. so uh we all know that this big electrification thing is happening there's nothing we can do to avoid it it is coming we are going to have to convert or motor manufacturers i should say are going to have to convert to electric cars but we're going through some of the stats about what's actually selling in comparison to the, the targets of them. So the this big switch that's going to be taking place right up to 2035 starts next year, so for 2024. And from this time, motor manufacturers are going to be set targets on the number of battery electric vehicles they sell. Interesting. And if they don't meet those targets, they will be fined. Okay. So 2024, this is only next year. We uh, the, the the first target comes in, and that will be that twenty-two percent of cars that every manufacturer sells must be a battery EV. That's an awful lot. Twenty-two percent is a huge number. Mm-hmm. Now, bear in mind that at the moment there is by no means enough of an infrastructure to cater for that necessarily. If every single one of us, and I know this this is an extreme scenario but if every single road user right now decided right that's it i'm going to get rid of my petrol car and buy an ev yeah. and rely on the public infrastructure it doesn't work absolutely not but then as the years go on it becomes i'm not going to do it every year i'll jump up in sort of two or threes so by 2027 in fact no by 2028 which is only really a few years away the requirement will be 52 percent of cars what to be sold will have to be battery evs um by 2030, which is, of course, the, the ban on exclusively powered petrol or diesel cars coming in. Yeah. Uh, by then, you can still buy a petrol diesel car, but it will have to be hybrid powered. The uh, percentage goes up to 80. Oh, come on. 80%. Uh, 2031, 84. 2032, 88. 2033, 92. 2034, 96. And by 2035, 100% of the cars sold will have to be battery EVs uh how does that make you feel it makes me feel sick yeah
1: like ha- for me that it just seems like we are sleepwalking into a massive problem there mm-hmm. we already you know for anyone that hasn't experienced ev cars or living with ev car you know you just had you just had uh onto on just recently i yeah. actually found that a really interesting conversation um it's it it were if it works for you it works for you if it doesn't work for you it really doesn't work for you exactly right yeah you know and, and that to be to be forced down that road to be forced down that road in less than you know just what 10 years or so mm. i don't i don't i don't see how that's realistic
0: no i'll hit you with another list of stats because the slide after that one which was the here's what we need to hit by these certain dates yeah was a slide uh what they call accelerating transition, which is, of course, this is the bit, the infrastructure bit, the important bit that needs to be in place for us all to then be driving EVs. So, from 2019 to 2022, plug-in cars on the road increased by 359%. Bloody massive, hell. Massive, absolutely massive. In three that's in three years, standard public charge points grew by 121%. percent mm. Starting Something, to see where the issue's here. here. Yeah. Now, then there's a graph or a, a diagram that they put up which shows the British Isles, so Scotland, England, Wales, Northern Ireland, that shows the ratio of EVs to public charges. Okay. So this is amazing. Come on. So certain areas, like I'll give you the best case scenario and mm-hmm. the best case scenario comes from london where for every 11 uh, evs mm. plug-in um, battery evs there are 11 cars to every one charger mm. now that's quite a big number mm-hmm. i thought mm-hmm. but that's the lowest huh yeah yeah that's that's the best case scenario if, for example, you live in Yorkshire and Humber, yes. For every one charge point, there are sixty-one cars. Oh my god! But wait, there's more, because this goes up, and there are a lot around the kind of the different regions. There are lots of uh, there's an eighteen to one, there's thirty-six to one, uh, jumps up to fifty-six to one for east of England, but. If you live in the southwest, so we're talking Devon, Cornwall, that sort of area, 78 cars to every one charge point, but the absolute prize goes to the northwest, 85 to 1. Wow. For every one public charge point, (laughs) there are 85 (laughs) cars. And that's now. (sighs) That's That's not in five years, 10 years. That's now, right now. It's absolutely absurd. And I know, I know that there are people working their bottoms off trying to get this infrastructure to be correct. But the thing that I've always had, my big issue with EVs, and I really like EVs, I'm not going to sit here and stamp my feet and say petrol is the only way, because it's not. Yes, there are controversies on both sides on the actual green impacts. We've done podcasts about it, we've had interviews about it. I'm not going to rattle on about it here and now. But I can see good in EVs, but at the moment, for me, as a person that gets to drive a lot of very exciting cars and a lot of those being EVs, when I get the EVs, I'm always quite excited, but then I go, oh, no, but I've not got anywhere to plug it in. Yeah. I have here at the studio. Yeah. I have... Which is rare. In Yeah, it, absolutely. And there are only four. So there are only four charge points here with four spaces. If four other people in the office, in our building, decide they want to go and pl- plug their car in, then I can't. Mm-hmm. So I have to rely on one of the fast chargers on the way home. Mm. Which is expensive, yeah. essentially, at the moment. It's I more know, than fuel. It is. It's more than petrol at the moment. It, that may change. I know we've just had a big headline about how uh, energy prices are going to drop. Uh, that may get better, but it doesn't work. And even for me, you know, for planning a big journey, like, uh, you know, next week I've got a couple of journeys that are going to take me down to London. I've got one that takes me further, slightly further north. And if I was relying on EV charging, I'd really have to map out my weeks. Surely. To go, right, I know that I can get to here, but is the charger going to be available? Is the charger going to be working? It's just a headache. It is a headache. So this is the public charging network. and again, That is
1: astonishing.
0: It is absolutely mental. If you've not yet read it, I've written an article, again, it's on our website, driven.site, that shows the real world example of driving an Audi e-tron, which is a car I was really excited to drive. And I believe I put the headline of something like, you know, the be- possibly the best EV I've ever driven, mm-hmm. completely trounced by the charging network, mm-hmm. which is true. I was mm-hmm. doing journeys that should take two hours, ten minutes. They were taking me five because I was having to stop and plug. And, and it's just a disaster. So, yeah, really, really interesting stats from the SOMT. And I just, you know, it, it, it was bizarre to have this kind of like aren't we doing brilliantly with more manufacturers are producing electric cars and battery plugins, but the infrastructure's complete dog mess. This is it's the thing, just... right? The cars, are, the cars are, are, are great. Like, you know, they,
1: we've driven a whole bunch of them and mm. there's some brilliant cars out there. The, uh, the going back to Rolls Royce again, obviously they're launching the, or have launched the Spectre, which is their first yes. full electric car. By all accounts, one of the best cars they've ever made, mm. you know, cause it's got a beautifully refined powertrain now. And, Etc., etc. The cars are great. The cars are absolutely fantastic mm. to live with and actually try and manage the existing
0: infrastructure. I just want to pull my hair out. Yeah. Yeah. It's just painful. And where are you, right? You're the owner of a, of a Rolls Royce Spectre. Are you going to want to go and plug your car in for an hour and a half? I don't know how that works. At a service station? No, I don't know. No, you're not. No. Like, <laughs> Imagine driving, what's a Spectre, like 230 grand, something like that? And the rest, Some, Somewhere around that figure. Yeah, yeah. It's it's house money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you going to want to take your house money car to, as I've had to do with my charging uh, escapades with the EVs that I've been testing, to a derelict retail park at night, because that's the only local plug-in service anywhere nearby, yeah. to go and plug that in and sit there in my £300,000 car whilst shady people are walking past no thank you
1: something seriously needs to be done about that hey yeah you know because like like i say the the the, the, no complaints about the cars if you know it it, they they do a good job they do a good job but actually um when you actually start trying to fit one into your lifestyle it's a it's just
0: yeah it's really hard really really hard but yeah that was the kind of the big push and then there was this brilliant mad rush where they go right that's the briefing done everyone have a lovely day go and pick your cars and there's this mad scramble out for everyone to go out to their cars (laughs) and so i went in with no plan at all because it's very difficult to there were certain cars that i really wanted to have a go in um but the the kind of running order of the cars and i have actually written them out in the running order that i drove them in uh, some of them i really was keen on the first car that i went in for was the bmw i7 keeping it electric how mm. on trend am i um i know you've had a good drive around in the i7 already haven't you but this was the first time i'd be even been up close to one sure like i'd seen the photos that front end <gasps> but what a what a car from a driver point of view and from a rear passenger point of view and the one i had a go in had that mad fold down cinema yeah. screen you 32 sit in the back, inch telly got in the back. <laughs> you sit in the back this screen folds down from the roof uh, completely obscuring your forward view obviously this is rear passengers only not not anyone up front <laughs> uh, but you sit there with this incredible sound system yeah incredible screen massaging heated self-regulating temperature seats all the gadgets you would want—it's literally
1: uh, dripping
0: I, with tech, isn't and it? So comfortable. Yeah, the seats are ridiculous, like so comfortable. Uh, so that was that was joyous. But yeah, I only got—I took it out onto the hill route, um, and I think I cruised around the high-speed bowl as well because I wanted to check out the assisted cruise, which I do think BMW are at the top of their game mm-hmm. with assisted cruise control. Where it, that's where it anchors onto the car ahead of you. If they slow down, you slow down to the point that it will bring you to an exact stop. And I've had this on recent press cars from BMW, sitting in traffic, stop-start traffic on the M25 or up and down the M40. It is joyous when you just sit there. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to steer. You don't have to brake. You don't have to accelerate. You just sit there with assisted the cruise on. As the traffic ahead of you starts to move, you just move. Yeah, it, just does, it does work well. It does um, work well. You you did mention before we recorded, uh, and you were cautious about how we'd say it, but I was like, no, screw it. That's it. You noticed that um, when you were having a bit of fun with the i7, you had some passengers in the back that started to feel a bit queasy with yeah, the telly thing. Yeah. Well, so we, I tried to figure out what this was,
1: and I, I thought, is it a, is it like a chassis thing? Is it a com- Is there something inherently uh, like a characteristic of the of the chassis characteristics that's making people feel sick? I don't think it's that at all because it's actually it's a very comfortable car. Yeah. I. I, I think it's a byproduct of all the enormous amount of tech that it's got in it. Because yeah. as you said, it's got this cinema screen in the back, which is enormous. Yeah. Um, You can be essentially shut off. There, There is a, I think, I can't remember what the mode's called. It's called like cinema mode or something like that when you press it. Theater. All, theater mode. Yeah, and the blinds come up. All the blinds come up. Yeah. So you can be completely essentially isolated from the outside world. Yeah. And that when you're moving probably isn't that good if no. you're a bit queasy. Yeah. Not everyone. But, yeah, there's a few people that, after a bit of a drive, looked in the back and went, oh, God, they weren't that
0: colour when we started. Could we stop, please? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um,
1: just, yeah, so an, an, an observation, really. But, you know, the car, as I said, the car itself has got some incredible yeah. tech on it. It's fast as hell. It's fast so as quick. hell.
0: Um, and I kid, this was the thing. On the, I took it on the Alpine. Sorry, I keep saying the wrong name. I took it on the Hill Course. Yeah. Uh, not sponsored by Alpine. Uh, and... The car felt amazingly light. I know it's not light. It Mm. can't be light because it's full EV and it's full of batteries that weigh an absolute ton. Mm -hmm. But I was amazed at how light it felt. And it must be trickery with the motors. It must have motors on every wheel kind of pulling and pushing in the right directions and the right times. I was just blown away by how good it was. Yeah, uh, and, and one of the most, I think, novel things that it does
1: is um, it has this, so you can have these different themes or scenes is what they call them, where when you accelerate, yes. it plays these sounds as you accelerate and break the car. Yeah. Um, and those those sounds were, because when we did that, it, so, I thought I'd broken it because it sounded at first <laughs> like a motor had like, you know, blown up or something or was on its way out. I went, <gasps> what's that? And then they said, no, it does that. That's the thing played through the speakers. And I said, oh, it sounds like I'm in a Tenet movie. And they went, well, it's funny you should say that because Hans Zimmer did all the sounds for it. that's
0: right, yeah. Yeah,
1: and it plays these incredible sort of theatrical, cinematic sounds as you're driving. Yeah. It's it's quite cool, actually.
0: I like it, yeah. I thought the first time I experienced that was in the I-4. Uh, I had an i4 M50 delivered here uh, to, to road test. And uh, it had that feature. When you put it into boost, it gets even louder. And I saw the press release about it. And Hans Zimmer ma- engineered these noises. And I remember thinking, that's going to be rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> that's going to be so daft. And I kept it on the whole time. <laughs> it uh, sounds amazing. It, it doesn't does sound- replicate car sounds. But it's this progressive futuristic sci-fi noise that somehow does tally up but it's interesting what you say about the motion sickness because i have heard about this i'm quite lucky i don't seem to suffer with motion sickness i think it's possibly many many years of sitting in the passenger seat writing (laughs) road books and pace notes (laughs) head down whilst i've got an erratic driver going around the swiss alps i for some reason, I don't struggle with it, but I have heard that people, even from an audio point of view, driving themselves in EVs without any sound, yes, it's kind of done this weird thing where the brain's like, hang on, I'm moving. I've got the motion of moving. I can see that I'm moving, but it doesn't sound like I'm mm-hmm. moving. And again, people start to feel nauseous. Yeah. So I think it was it was also a kind of a battle against that as well. Interesting, for sure.
1: Uh, the car, the, you know, like I say, if you were after a luxury kind of limousine type car yeah. then yeah why not you know it's it's very good yeah uh but yeah if you if
0: you have a a, a tendency for motion sickness maybe turn some of those gimmicks on yeah <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the so the second car I drove is worth mentioning as well because again, I for some reason there's certain cars that come out I get really excited by them. I think, oh God, I can't wait to drive that, and I never do. And it was one of these. And this was the GR Supra from Toyota, the the new ah. the rebirth of Supra. I've not driven a Supra at all, so to get into the the GR mm-hmm. was pretty special. Um, the only car in my list of eleven that had a manual gearbox. Oh really? Yeah. That's quite yeah. telling, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. So uh, a physical, actual manual gearbox okay. and a clutch pedal. Uh what a brilliant thing. Yeah. It was good? Uh, wonderful. Drives brilliantly, as you'd expect. It's no secret. Everyone knows it. It's the BMW Z4 platform. So BMW and Toyota have shared that platform in order to create the new Supra. Yeah. There are lots and lots and lots of telltale signs, very obvious telltale signs, in and around the cockpit of the Toyota that show that it's a BMW product. The switchgear has just been taken out of the BMW, put straight in. There's oh, not, they've they've no, made no secret, not about even it. pretending. Okay. But then, in other locations, they've been they've done a really lazy job of just keeping the Toyota switchgear. Some of which, in comparison to the BMW stuff, looks really crap, like really bad. It's so of the bits that they could have picked, they they didn't pick those bits. Yeah, imagine imagine a room full of Faberge eggs, and then in every other egg is just a Kinder egg. <laughs> you are like,
1: <laughs> right,
0: that's. Yeah, I'd take the Kinder Egg to be honest. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 we always, yeah. But yeah, that I did find quite confusing and a bit strange. Uh, but um, yeah, but more you know, we're not the Come important on, bit. Let's is. talk about the important bit. It drives brilliantly. There we go. It's incredible, it makes such good noise, it pulls so well. You can feel again, you know, I say you could sense that bmw dna because of what you can see but you can also sense that bmw dna from how it drives how it pulls how it steers how it turns in it is absolutely brilliant and i've not driven lots of other rear wheel drive toyota products because there probably aren't any at the moment um but yeah it was just it was a really really exciting drive i was really chuffed to have it i still don't think it looks particularly amazing i think it could have been so much better but the important bit the driving bit incredible car Right, so that is a thumbs up from
1: Mr. John Markar, the Toyota GR Supra. And maybe we need to do a bit of a deeper dive on that car at
0: some point. Well, I'd like to. I did ask Toyota if we could borrow a car and they kind of ignored me, so... um, Okay. Yeah, okay. We'll have another go. Well, thanks, Toyota, for that. Yeah, Um, they're clearly listening. Yeah, thank you for
1: that. Uh, Right, so moving along, moving along. um, Yet another BMW product. Sorry,
0: I mean, a whole different brand. Uh, BMW Z4 M40i. Yes, the same car. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I thought uh, it was actually a, a back-to-back. I'd finished driving the GR Supra, and I went, do you know what? Let me go and drive the Z4 from BMW and see how similar it is. And it is. Admittedly, that one did have a ZF8 gearbox. I'm not entirely sure if you can spec a manual gearbox in these Z4s. Mm. Possibly? I don't know. But uh, it was a ZF8 gearbox. Um, but the feel of the car was so similar. Convertible, not wouldn't usually choose a convertible for myself, but there was a certain element of it. It's nice every once in a while to drive a convertible, and the, the engine sounds great. It's got the same engine that's now in the M440i and the M240i, and there'll be people listening that will know that engine code, and I should know that engine code, but I've forgotten the engine code I want to say. And something or other and anyway i can only apologize for the listeners that are going <laughs> what on earth are you talking about and he John? calls himself a journalist <laughs> yeah but well, you are very that was very journalist of you that was
1: <laughs> well actually i think it was this <laughs> engine
0: code um actually nigel you're fine think, <laughs> yeah it's usually i think you're fine <laughs> yeah it's the same engine that goes into the amazingly brilliant 440i uh, it's just great it's a wonderful wonderful power plant that car felt really light. The turn-in felt incredible. Uh, yeah, very, very, very impressed by that. I see a lot of them driving around on the road, and I know why. And obviously, I have quite a strong affiliation with BMW Z products up to this point. Uh, but I hadn't actually driven that generation. It's had a slight facelift. It just looks great. I think it's starred brilliantly. I think in contrast to a lot of what BMW are making at the moment, that's really exciting. And again, it was after driving that Z4 that I then went over and said, um, Hello. Mr. Press Office, can I ask about the touring coupe?
1: Very good. He delivered the bad news. Well, that was um, basically—I mean, you ruined my day and you ruined my bank holiday, John. To be honest, sorry but, about that. So, and I'm sure many others when they actually get <laughs> get around to listening to this podcast. Um, We've got some other cars on here that
0: uh, look like you've misspelled them, but I'm sure it's <laughs> correct. Uh, the Sanyong Muso. Yes, although the press office pronounced it in a completely different way, and I can't remember how, what it was. Uh, like Songong. Is so, this like Sanyang. the Hyundai Hyundai, Hyundai thing? thing. Yeah, yeah. There'll be a,
1: there'll be an advert that comes out in a few years that corrects us all. Yes. Yeah. Son I think it was like
0: Sunyong. Um, but and I'm not I'm not going to beat it around the bush. I don't have a clue what that is. What no, is it? No, uh, it's a Muso. The the Son Muso is a pickup truck. Okay, but they're su- super good value because you're not allowed to word, use the word cheap. They're very very, very good value. How, okay, um, they're not cheap, but they are. Uh, I had never driven one. I'd never even been in one. It was there. The stand was there. And I thought, I'm never going to ask the press office for one. So therefore, whilst I'm here, I <laughs> know. Okay. And they were doing escorted off-road drives in those. Oh, cool. So they put uh, a man that knows how to off-road in the passenger seat with you. And um, I am an idiot in that, that world. I know quite happy that I'm fairly competent in pedalling a car around a circuit or a motorcycle around a twisty road. But when it comes to off-roading, which is a real skill, yes. proper off-roading is a real skill that I don't quite behold. Uh, ironically, I now drive a Defender 110 every day. But, I yeah, I want to get into it. Um, I was so impressed. Amazing thing. Mm. And it, it fulfilled that fact that we've said a few times, and I find myself saying it a lot to friends and family that always you know, tend to phone up or send a WhatsApp message occasionally going, I'm thinking about buying this. Is it any good? Yeah. And my reply is always, well, there's no such thing as a bad car anymore. This is so true. Yeah. And,
1: and, and you know, a car like this, amongst others, we probably, you know... Uh, We like, you know, obviously we want to talk about cars that people actually buy. We're not always talking about sports cars and high luxury and all that kind of thing. Mm. Um, But you're absolutely right. You you know, if somebody says I want to buy a a Renault this or whatever or, a you know, a Toyota, I just say, yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of like, well, is it? What you can afford? Yeah. Does it tick the boxes that you need? Will you have it for three years where the warranty is valid? Yes. Then buy it. Then just buy it. Nothing's going to go wrong. Yeah. Really, you're going to be fine, you mm. know, um, unless, you know, there are some absolute travesties out there. Um, <laughs> but, you know, by all accounts, no, like you say, nobody makes a bad car these days. And let's include the Sanyong uh, Musso Musso, yeah. in that. Um, I'm going to skip down the list slightly because on. this one I'm quite interested in Um the the alpine or alpine oh. the alpine a110s because i've yet to drive one of these and all i've heard is good stuff i
0: cannot even begin to tell you how impressed i was with that car really i to the extent where i have asked one i've asked for one as, okay. a, as a proper test drive it is sensational i've driven one once before it was the fairly early iteration of the a110 I think it was still an S, but now they've kind of they've beefed it up even more. It's got a little bit more power. It's got a rear wing. They've changed it and adapted the interior slightly. The bucket seats in that car, I I kid you not, are the most comfortable bucket seats I've ever sat in. Wow! Forget your beautiful Recaro GT3 bucket seats. Forget it. SP1 Recaros. Forget it. These whoever makes them, it may well be Recaro. Funnily enough. But whoever makes those seats in that Alpine are incredible. They've got it licked, have they? They're just amazing. And you know how there are certain cars that everybody drives or certain journalists drive that say, uh, oh, it's just incredible. Like, without fail, everyone yeah. says, oh, they're just incredible. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, yeah, okay, all right, they probably are. And then you drive it. And then I found myself like running over to other journalist friends going, like, have you driven the Alpine yet? Oh, my God, go and drive the Alpine. It's absolutely incredible. They are yeah, it's a masterpiece of a car. Wow. It's not mega, stupid, crazy power. doesn't need to be. It's light. The turn-in's amazing. The brakes are amazing. The pull is amazing. The chassis feels so tight. And because of your positioning in the car and because of the, the comfort of those seats, you just go with it. It feels so direct. Love that. Amazing thing. It's interesting uh, because uh, a good friend of mine
1: who... Um, he his so he his uh, what do we call it sort of weekend hack around is a one eight two Clio. Oh
0: yeah, um, brilliant,
1: brilliant, oh, brilliant car. Um, fantastic car. Uh, we all, in fact, we all, I think we all had Clio's at one point, which is a bit embarrassing. We <laughs> all had identical BMWs, and then we all had Clio's at the same time. So, anyway, um, <laughs> brilliant car. He actually got in touch with uh with Alpine the, lo- the wherever the local dealer was, I'm not mm. sure, and said I'd like to have a go in one. Yeah um and the dealer went cool uh where where do you want to drive it and it was a bit like a huh, really uh well yeah you don't want to drive around like the city do you? it's not what this car's about oh, wow. do you have any favorite roads and he said well actually in the peak district i, I this is where i take my cleo all the time and he went cool i'll meet you there no way. Yeah, and they went hacking around for a couple of hours. He said it was just one of the most fantastic experiences, exactly the same feedback as you. Yeah. It was just like, this thing is unreal. It, it, um, and straight away, he was going back thinking, um,
0: how do I remortgage the house to buy one? Because yeah. it, it was that good. Yeah, they are fantastic. And it's kind of one of those ones, again, that somehow slipped through the radar. I don't know how I've not driven one. Yeah. And yet, when I got in it, I was like, it just, it's just blistering. I know that uh, Dan Prosser... Off of the the other podcast intercooler. Oh yeah, uh, it's worth saying hello, Dan, because he's going to be joining us in a week or so. Uh, he's been raving on, uh, raving and raving and raving, like unashamedly raving about them on his social media feeds. And I get it. Mm-hmm. I now completely and utterly get it. It is. I go as far as saying one of the best handling new cars I've ever driven. Quite a statement. Just amazing. Also, the Alpine stand happened to have the best snacks. Oh. This is another thing that's always worth Immediately mentioning. That the that's elevated the car. They had Nutella-filled donuts. Stop it! Just ridiculous. Absolute. Yeah. They could have wheeled out.
1: They could have wheeled out a golf buggy, all right, and said, "This is our new 2023 <laughs> <Yeah>. production <laughs> car." And you go,
0: "All right, we're oh, what you've it. got donuts. <laughs> yeah. Wow. All right, okay. They're full of Nutella. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's say so no more. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Well done, Kate, on the Alpine stand for hooking up the Nutella-filled donuts. They were incredible. But um, uh, the the car, yeah. 9.9 out of 10. Wow. Incredible.
1: So um, anyone that was thinking about an Alpine A110S, go and have a go Just in one. go and have a
0: go. Or just yeah. buy it. Don't just, do that. Yeah, buy it knowing it full well it's going to be great. But it's one of those, again, I've never heard of anyone buying an Al- Alpine and going, oh, it wasn't as good as I thought. Surely. Everyone, just, just, just go and get one. Um back to more realistic
1: cars now, John. Yes. We have to do we have to do a bit of uh consumerism oh, yeah. uh feedback here. So the the Volvo XC ninety, oh, which has been around forever. Yes. Um I personally really like them. I think they're great. And I uh, by all accounts, the new one is not that new, is it? It's no.
0: just sort of it's just a new model Europe. It's got a slightly new dress on. Uh the interior is pretty much identical, but it's not I say that like it's bad, because it's not, it's a nice place to be. Um, I actually, the reason I really wanted to try one was because it's one of those cars that I've only ever really seen or looked at in the form of a police car. Yeah. And I always had this thought that if the traffic police want them, then they must be quite good. They, they must be good at slamming into things. Yeah. Or losing races. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah that, I'll, I'll be honest, again, it wasn't on my hit list of cars, but I know Tom, the PR um, manager at volvo and i wanted to go and have a chat and then as we were chatting um someone else came and interrupted us so i thought well look i'm gonna go out in one of the cars so i grabbed the keys to it and took it on the alpine handling course and it was brilliant yeah they are really good it is definitely and i've heard a lot of people say it's an alternate it's an alternative to the range rover which is like a bit of a mad statement because the range rovers are so much more money but they are, those Volvo XC90s are a really lovely place to be. And yeah. they can drive well. Yeah, like, they are they nice. really do pedal well. But it's, it's not just a car that's safe. Because that, I think, is the big thing everyone thinks of when they think that's of a Volvo's Volvo. thinking it. it? It's the safe car. And therefore, that probably means they're a bit dull and not engaging. Complete tosh. They are absolutely brilliant. And in fact, so you'll know this, the Alpine course that has the uh, the jump. The jump. It has a little, a little up, down, and then a very quite sudden left turn uh, the volvo demonstrated its safety features because as you kind of lose a bit of weight going over the crest i felt the seat belt suddenly all like, oh, right pull me did by the shoulder <laughs> and by the lap belt like yanking me into the seat no other car did that on the day almost as if to say oh it looks like you might be about to have a massive crash yes. so therefore let me just pull you in and again it was just another one of those reminders as you're going around like this is a car that really knows what's going on it's allowed me to basically four wheel slide it round hairpin corners and to the point of going over a jump it's just gone whoop got you there just in case and there you are you're back again so what i think
1: yeah but it seems like a very well-rounded you know if you want a big suv then it's super
0: safe and etc etc yeah it just does it and it does it very well absolutely and you'll get insurance which is something you will not do if you want to buy a new range rover especially if you live in london very true they're just getting stolen every 20 seconds now so there's no point so go if you're struggling with the whole range rover thing go and have a go in one of those xc90s absolutely amazing i promise you'll love it more than you expect to Okay,
1: so Volvo XC90. That's our little bit of um, consumer advice yes. done. Uh, can we go back to something a bit more, a bit more hot? Try me. Um, now I'm interested about this one because this is definitely not a new car. So I'm 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 wondering why it was even there. The
0: Porsche Panamera Turbo. <gasps> well, you're right. It's not a new car, but it has just had a little bit of a power boost. Oh, has it? Eight hundred horsepower. 900 newton meters of torque. That's ridiculous. (laughs) I remember driving a pre-production one of those and thinking,
1: do you know what? This doesn't have enough power at all. Actually, no, it had plenty.
0: (laughs) I So Porsche were very sensible with this because they were like, I I walked over and said, oh, don't mind what I drive. I haven't got really a hit list. Have you got anything that I can just take around the the course? And they said, if you've got 15 minutes, grab that um, Panamera Turbo. Yeah. And as I got in the car... A man from Porsche got in the car in the passenger seat, which doesn't usually happen, unless mm. you're going on the off-road courses. You're left to your own devices, you go out and drive. The guy gets in, he's like, Yeah, it's a big power car this, so they like to have us in there. I was like, fair enough. <laughs> not going to complain. Brilliant bloke. Turns out he lives down the road from me, loves his motorbikes. We had a brilliant chat. Just as you know, you you know what it's like. You go around just chatting away whilst throwing the car into the corners. Um, what a ridiculous car mm. that is. And it is amazing. It's on the it's on the Porsche Press Fleet. It is Dark green, no tints, tan interior. That's cool. It's perfect. Whoever on the press team specs that car needs to get some sort of prize. It's absolutely amazing. I suspect they've probably been listening to
1: basically every Chris Harris uh, uh, article ever,
0: because that's all he ever talks about is is clear glass and tan seats. Yeah, it's just brilliant. Um, But yeah, it's just daft. It doesn't need to be that powerful. It does not need to be that fast. But who cares? It's a rocket ship, it's isn't it? An absolute rocket ship, and it's one of these ones where one of these cars that Porsche are making, where they're going. Yep, yeah, we know about this big deadline that's coming. So, so before it comes, we're just going to make everything so stupid. Yes, and, and I a, love it.
1: And I think uh, I have to say, in in shooting brake format, I think it's one of the best looking oh, cars a on the road. Fabulous
0: looking thing. Yeah, yeah. it looks
1: cool. It's a I, big I, car. I love a wagon um, very yeah. much so, and that's like the ultimate wagon. Yeah. Or is it because the M3 Touring's out now as well?
0: <sighs> Yeah, yeah, it's a different car. It's a it? very different car. Very different power delivery goes. It feels very heavy, but you kind of forgive it for that pull. So the brake pedal is like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay, mm. it go, it stops. But yeah. it's yeah, it feels like a heavy car through the corners for sure. Well, it looks like you
1: know you you, you got quite a. a Quite a broad range of cars uh, you jumped in there in that short period
0: of time. There are a lot, yeah. So fire through a few more. Maserati Gricali GT, that's their little SUV thing. I hadn't driven one of those. Amazing little four-cylinder engine with a um, battery boost turbocharger. So it was turbocharged and then a battery boost. So it felt really quick. Did not feel like a four-cylinder. Quite impressed by that. I had to go in the new Mercedes-Benz EQS, which is the enormous big blobby EV SUV thing. The tech in that car absolutely ridiculous you can now they were demonstrating the um apologies if you're driving a new mercedes product right now whilst you're listening the hey mercedes feature uh-huh. uh, in the car is a is just ridiculous you can now ask it to like you can with a google assistant mm-hmm. where you can say to your google assistant um tell me about so and so restaurants in bath yeah and it will start reading reviews you can do that in the car yeah. now it's just yeah the tech is just mind-bending. It's certainly not a car that I personally get very excited about, but I'm very glad I drove it because drives fairly well for a big blob thing. Um, but all that tech and, you know, if, you, if I was a family man and I had a lot of money to spend on a car and needed loads of space and rear legroom, it would be perfect. Um, yeah, very, very impressed by that. Did a bit of off-roading as well. Went out in the Ford, the new Ford Ranger, which I'm not going to pretend I got excited about because it's just a Ford Ranger. It's a commercial vehicle, but... Did amazing things off-road, as did uh, a new Jeep Wrangler. That again, a car that would never even be on my radar, probably not even to road test. Uh, But having driven it around a little bit on the off-road course, I do want to try and book in a longer term loan. Because Mm. I was really, really genuinely impressed with the car. Like I've always thought in my head of Jeeps as being perhaps a bit... A Bit kind of try hard, plasticky, not quite real. Yeah, um, it's a real car. Yeah, it really is a real car. And off road, it was really impressive. It's a car that really interests me,
1: actually. Um, and actually, I did, a, I did a bit of digging because I was, I was actually quite interested in uh, the pickup truck version, uh, which they it has it has a different name, it's got some very American sounding oh, name Rubicon. No, Ooh. no, it's like the ag- aggravator or something daft like oh, that. Oh, yes, or oh. alligator. God, or... it is
0: something like the gra- ag-, ag-, ag. Yeah, agra- uh, we'll come back
1: to you on that one. agrophobic. But it's basically a very cool uh, version of the Wrangler, which yes. has it has the rear cab removed, so it's just a big pickup truck, and it looks typically American, something that you couldn't really buy over here. Avenger, Avenger, that's the, the one. Avenger. Um. You can't buy them over here, you, and, and, and I, I think you can. Oh, but no, it, hang on.
0: Is it the Avenger?
1: I think it is the Avenger. You can't... Uh, I, I, I've tried looking for them, and it, they seem to be very hard to get your hands on. Also, they're a bunch of money. They're like
0: 65, 70 grand. Yeah, it's a lot of money for a Jeep. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, like, in my head, that's... I was going to say, that's Land Rover money, but it's not, because Land Rovers are now... More than that. North of that. Yeah, but, but everything's... I'd like to find expensive. out what the true story
1: is on that from Jeep because um, I, I I feel like they would do quite well here if they were just a little bit cheaper. Mm. Um, and uh, it wasn't
0: so hard to get your hands on one. I could be entirely wrong, but they don't seem to be readily available yeah. here. I heard an interesting facts from the, the guy that was with me in the car in the Jeep. He was telling me about the um, when they first came over to the UK and people started using them for green laning and yeah. off-roading. They were snapping drive shafts and breaking um, differentials and stuff because, uh, of course, in the US they were never really being used for anything that hardcore. Yeah. There was a lot of beach driving and the occasional field, but you know what we're like—we're trying to take it through a muddy bog whilst also trying to drive over a tree. <laughs> so yeah, they—they they had to. Uh, they ended up actually really reinforcing them, making them much stronger cars because of the UK market. So I wonder if perhaps there's some sort of element there that um, don't give it to the Brits—they'll break it, kind of thing. Well um we'll see, but yeah, no it would be it would be an amazing thing to see on the u k roads um I'm sure somebody like Clive Sutton will import <laughs> import them, but um so yeah. so smmt
1: twenty twenty three test day was um was a very busy day for you by the looks of it, yeah. it sounds like you got yourself across across quite a wide range of cars,
0: yeah, I might even try to summarize my drives with a written article on the website so keep an eye out for that um, and it'll be real kind of quick fire i drove this and it was like that um but yeah keep an eye out for that i'll have a go very nice very nice indeed um
1: so what you've managed to do at the end of this week is really just um you know sprinkle a bit of chili sauce on the top mm. and you've ended it by driving a ferrari
0: 296 gtb yeah yeah that happened uh, that was today, on the day we're recording this. recording this really close at the time we've put it out, actually. This is Friday the 26th. Uh, I turned up in the office today to see a Ferrari 296 GTB just parked up in the car park. Uh-huh. And a set of keys. Uh-huh. Do you want to go take this for a drive? Yes, I do. And? <laughs> what a car. What a car. I. It's one of those ones where, annoyingly, within 10, 15 minutes of driving it, I was thinking... Me driving this on the road is completely pointless. I I wanted to be at Anglesey, or I wanted to be at Cadwell, somewhere with like twists and turns and undulations. That is a little rocket ship. We will do more with the car. So this is not a press car. It's not owned by a dealership. This is a car that we have access to. um, uh, All will become clear in the future. The, The Ferrari's latest iteration of cars, where they're, Combining turbocharged power with electric motors on an amazingly dynamic chassis is nothing short of absolutely ridiculous. Um, The the same owner of this 296 GTB also has an SF90, which I've also driven, and that blew my socks off. There is something so utterly terrifyingly brilliant about a turbocharged electric-boosted hypercar where you get this sensory overload of everything you can start the car up and drive away in full ev mode the car does not make a sound it is silent that will please the neighbors Mm. exactly so if like many of us do you live next door to other people you haven't got that concern of a cold start waking everybody up in your street the minute you pull out and either you get to the point where the electric motor is like okay that's all i've got then it will kick in the motor Or you just hit the little button on the steering wheel and the motor fires up. And if it's cold, my God, it's like those – we've all seen the clips, haven't we, on on social media of the uh, hybrid racing cars pulling out of the uh, pit lane. You get that kind of whine of the – and they just go – and kick in with this motor – This does the same thing. That's cool. So you suddenly feel like you're in one of those mad hybrid racing cars. But then whilst you're driving it, you can hear the electric motor whine. You can hear the turbo spool. If you lift off mid-boost, it will dump and chatter. So you get that from the turbo. It's just mad. Keep your foot planted. Then you get the bark. It's the V6 in the 296. It just sounds. It sounds a little bit like a Nissan GTR because uh-huh. it's got that turbocharged V6 drone, but it's a, just a little bit more crackly. It's a bit more exciting. Um, utterly bonkers. This one does have the Fiorano pack, so it is bloody stiff. There is no bumpy road mode. Okay, um, but just you know, I was taking it on fifty, sixty mile an hour country roads around here with a couple of spots for overtaking slower traffic and he's just sublime. You're not the first to say, you know, it but it um
1: it seems like that is the pick at the moment of yeah. of the range. Uh, and you know for that for it to be that car with uh, you know it's a non very non-traditional powertrain in, mm. in that and um it speaks volumes as to the work that's that's gone
0: into that. Yeah. I And it looks just it looks wicked. Oh my god, it's beautiful. If you haven't seen it Head on over to our social feeds at Driven Chat. Have a look. We've got some photos. Of we put them up just before the weekend. It's glorious. It's absolutely glorious. It's a beautiful car. It's been specced brilliantly. It's got bronzy gold wheels. Amazing, amazing thing. Uh, yeah, go and have a look. It's just brilliant. But yes, we will be doing more with it. In fact, we are planning at the moment a kind of mad bonkers collection of Ferraris um, on one big feature which is going to be special. You've said it now. It takes a lot of planning, this Yeah, you've said it It's going to happen and it's going to be very special, and I guarantee you will enjoy the content when it comes. Yeah, Who wait. doesn't like a Ferrari, I Exactly. Know. A red Ferrari. Ah, let's um, two more Italian hand gestures.
1: No, 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 no. Speaking of red Ferraris, he is. Um, There's there's more news. Ah, yes. I know what you want to talk about. Is it... The Ferrari GT3 at the N24. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So it was the Nürburgring 24 hours, uh, our race uh, only last weekend. Yep. Yep. And um, it was a Ferrari 296 GT3, which is a very brand spanking new GT3 Mm. car that absolutely put the shoes to everybody else, it would seem. Yeah. And congratulations to our very own British racing driver, David Prittard, who was driving it and drove it across the line. Yeah. That's very cool. Uh, you know, it, it, um, I don't know David uh, really at all, but um, he, he's he been one of these racing drivers that really doesn't come from anything. Yeah. And he's just worked bloody hard. Yeah. And now he's got himself a seat it's really in cool. a Ferrari.
0: I sort of do know David, and there have been a few times where I've been over for the Nurburgring 24 hour or VLN races, and he's been there, and he's always usually driving a BMW product. Yes. So for him to now be in a Ferrari product, I mean, that is it's one of those accolades, isn't it, as a racing driver? You're yeah. a racing driver. When somebody phones up and says, do you want to race in this Ferrari? It's kind of like... Yeah, you feel like you've you've made it. Yeah, of course I do. So, yeah, um, David is a really lovely bloke as well. And I remember going there years ago when I was doing bits and pieces of Classic Grand Touring, the old company that I used to run. uh, And we'd take people over on tours to the Nürburgring and watch a bit of racing whilst we're there. And I'd send him, like, a message on Instagram and say, look, I've got a group of six people. We're doing a, a walk down the garages are you around to show us the car? And he always would. Just yeah. such a lovely guy. Just a good... A real bloke. A nice bloke. As you say. So, yeah, well done, David. Um, some some
1: some numbers behind that, just, just for a moment. Um, it was the 51st race of the Nürburgring 24 hours. Uh, they smashed the lap record, not the lap oh, time, but the lap record, uh, with 162 laps in <sighs> 24 hours. That is some good going. That's unreal. Uh, I, having spent, uh, I've, I'm sure I've spoken about this before, I've spent an awful amount of time yeah. at the N- North Life through my previous role, um, and it is absolutely brutal. It's unforgiving, not forgetting the fact that you, you I, I've only been there in a test uh capacity mm. these guys are racing and they're racing against not only gt3 cars but they're racing against cars that are in entirely different classes mm. slower classes and they're basically like moving chicanes yeah if you watch just one lap if you find an on board somewhere yeah. of of uh either the fricadelli car or whoever doing a lap it is 95 percent traffic management and then obviously yeah. trying to keep the guy behind you behind you it's
0: and that's if you're watching it in the daytime. What's yeah. the nighttime segments? Nuts. Where it's just headlights. The track is not lit other than by the headlights of the cars. And, yeah, as you say, the rate of those cars, and if you do catch up with one of those back markers who are going probably 30 40% slower than you are. The closing speeds are nuts. Oh, my God, it's just ridiculous.
1: I I just think, you know, hats off to them. And actually, you can see the work that's gone into the car as well because I think at one point they had to do a... Uh, they had to do quite a significant change on the rear of the car and it's all completely modular. So it was just yeah. like straight in, couple of clips, whole rear e- <laughs> rear end comes off, bang, new one back on. Yeah. You know, it, it's, a, it's a proper thing. So I can see that GT3 car in the future um, really being the one. Yeah. No, I, I'd imagine when balance of performance, BOP, comes in, it'll get turned down a bit. But at the moment, yeah. it's fast as so. hell.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's The other big exciting um, race on the horizon is, of course, 24 Hours of Le Mans, which is coming up. Of course, Ferrari coming back as a factory competitor for the first time in 50-odd years, whatever it is. That's going to be a spectacle as well. If that GT3 296 is already doing that you can only imagine how good the lemon car is going to be it's going to be awesome it's going to be
1: incredible um uh, seriously uh, for anyone that's listening to this go and watch uh some portions of the of the n24 mm. and some onboards because it will just blow you away it doesn't look real no it exactly doesn't even that. look real yeah it's like sped up footage yeah it, it, it's it's really seriously impressive so hats off to those guys um i have some news oh my gosh yeah yeah um you, well, I don't know if people know the listeners, but uh, my other business is—we uh, have a tracking car. We do. We hire out. Yes. Uh, we hire out the uh, camera car to various productions. We also have our own production company. But
0: the tracking car, for
1: the longest time, has been built on a BMW M5.
0: Yes, the legendary BMW M5. The yes. b- Most brilliant car you could possibly ever use as a tracking car. You're going to absolutely break my heart and tell me you've sold it. Yeah. You have actually.
1: It's going. What? Yeah. So um, the M5, this is not my M5, I should add. Yeah. Obviously, because mine's an E39. Yes. And would not be, it would not be a good tracking car. It just wouldn't because the brakes would just fall to bits. Yeah. I Something suppose. else would break. No, just no. Um, so it's an f- it, F10. F10. Yeah. So it's the turbo V8 one. Yeah. Fantastic, fantastic oh, car. F- fabulous car. It's been brilliant for, for many years. It's done a bunch of miles, um, but it's time
0: to go. Oh no! I know. So you must be replacing it with a new M5, uh, right? Uh, right? Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: no. Oh, right. We've, we've, we've. I don't know how to say this. We've got a Mercedes, right? Yeah. Uh, it's a good one though, an AMG. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's from a falterback. Go on. It's, um, it's uh, it's a, uh, it's an E63s. Ah. Right. So, it's not just and Merc. Yeah, they're pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> it's a big old wagon, which is very important for a tracking vehicle because you mm. have uh, obviously driver in driver's seat, uh, camera operator in passenger seat and DOP, Yeah. someone pulling focus in the back. So, you need space and there's yeah. a bunch of equipment. Yeah. But you also need something that's quick and plenty of torque and just, and as it happens, these are four wheel drive as well.
0: Yes, they are. Yeah. So, they are, they are, pardon my. Terminology, bastard! Quick, they are frighteningly fast. Yeah. Um.
1: So, that's on its way. Uh, the tracking car will be now become that, and the BMW M5 will be no more. What are you going to do with it? Sell it? Yeah, it's going. Is yeah. it been sold? No, it's not been sold. Hmm. <laughs> 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 we'll have a discussion <laughs> after this. <laughs> so, um, that's my. But the reason why I bring that up is because whilst you were, um. At SMMT. Yes, uh, I literally got off a plane from Italy and went straight to Silverstone. Ah, yeah. You did. So, so uh, this was for the Pirelli Experience Day. Yes, which
0: I hadn't been to before. Uh, but Pirelli, wow, this got- is a, again another one of these events on the calendar that comes up. And yeah. it comes to kind of it tends to bypass me because I'm like, oh god, what's that? Looks amazing. So, what is this day? So, so
1: I, I hadn't, uh, I hadn't been there before. Um, But what it is, is essentially Pirelli uh, invite a bunch of guests along to um, talk about Pirelli Mm -hmm. and show their products off. So you could turn up, as many people did, turn up in their uh, cars, their own road cars, Um, quite a few Porsche GT4 cars, um, Cayman GT4, I should add, uh, road cars. And they might turn up on Michelin's Ah. or something like that, or Michelin. Um, And what they will do is wheel your car in bang some Pirellis on and say, go and have a go on them for a bit, basically. Wow. Yeah. And that's, so that's it. You turn up, you, 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 you get treated to a, a, a DJ who just, um, <laughs> a, it was crazy. It was a crazy day. There's a DJ on, there was ice cream being served all day. There was a barista. Um, it was it, like I say, Pirelli. Wow. You put on a fantastic event. I wasn't there in, invited as a guest. I was actually part of the production crew because I was driving the, the, course, film, the tracking yeah. car. Um, but of course, I sampled many a gelato. <laughs> but yeah, there was there was a there was a lot of um, there was no journalists there at all. It was just literally wow. just guests and 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 whatnot who would turn up and have a go on the tyres. Whether they go oh, maybe I've interested in a Trofeo R or this that and the other, yeah, yeah. and they just went and banged a set on and they went and did some laps of the GP circuit all day, which yeah, I thought was can. quite a good day really.
0: And was uh, there was an F1 car there? Oh
1: God, yeah. yeah so i i I, i'm i'm gonna try and get a video sorted for this because it's quite silly really so we uh we did a a a shot basically where the f1 car pulled out of the garage and then would go down the pit lane and obviously join the circuit Mm -hmm. um so an f1 car it's a v it was one of the v8s it was a red bull yes so it sounded ridiculous like a 2012 13 car i I assume so yeah. yeah like definitely loud awesome thing um uh, the car pulls out and it goes bang straight up to its uh, its pit limiter, which is like sixty kilometers or something like that. They they don't mess around. Like as soon as they pull out the garage, it's just like bang yeah, straight yeah. up to the pit limiter, and. It's just like you can't believe what's happening. It's like this sense of theater and noise and just chaos. You just think, what? It's it's it, you. You feel like something really bad's going to happen, but yeah. it's not. It's just this car making so much noise. The whole everywhere else just goes silent. Yeah, we can't have we couldn't have a conversation, talk to each other whilst that car's going past because it's just so loud. Yeah. So the shot was the car pulls out of the g- garage down the pit lane, and the me in the tracking car catches up to the back of it and tracks it down the pit lane that took some stern acceleration from me just to keep up with it and then obviously match the speed and then as we pull in behind the car for it to join the circuit he just does this wow like pit limiter off huge <laughs> burnout out of the pit lane like this and obviously just erupts into a load of noise at god knows how many RPM wow and <laughs> i'll have to find the video we happen to have a 360 camera inside the car at the time so we get the shot <laughs> pull in behind and then i stop and we all of us in the car off break the cameras just went oh my god <laughs> like <laughs> what just happened <laughs> like of all the things we've shot over the many years that we've been doing this and tim my dop been doing this for a lot longer than i have he was like that is the coolest shot we have ever got in oh, wow. just ever yeah can't wait to see that honestly it's wicked it's oh, absolutely wicked. So good. Yeah, that was a brilliant day. Um, so yeah, keep your eye on. It. Go and watch. Uh, go and follow. I think it's Pirelli UK or something like yes. that. That was where the where all these films will go out. But yeah, fantastic day. Really, really cool.
0: Amazing.
1: Amazing. Good.
0: Haven't we been busy? <sighs> so, yeah, yeah. Some call it work. <laughs> yeah. We are lucky, aren't we? Yeah. We are very lucky. Um, I guess we should probably start bringing this one. Um, back into the pit lane hey, yeah, keep, it on, nice. keep it on keep it on on trend um yes uh some closing plugs to to mention to you dear listener don't disappear just yet um i hope you've enjoyed this week's episode if you have by all means go and leave us a nice review it does genuinely make a massive difference i'm getting slightly easier about suggesting it now because I'm noticing that people are doing it and it does help genuinely. I know it's a bit weird asking for people to like you on the internet but it does make a big difference. So if you enjoy it and your only way of thanking us for this production is by telling somebody else about it or by leaving a nice review then please do, because it is, uh, it's is—it's always very, very much appreciated. Um, I spoke earlier about the Distinguished Gentleman's Ride and the fundraising for that. Just a little reminder, if you would like to, um, and only you know if you would like to, and if you can, I know times are tight, if you'd like to throw a couple of quid, and when I say a couple of quid, I mean a couple of quid, do. Um, have a look in the bio, the show notes of this episode, and I'll include the link that will take you to the fundraising page, my personal fundraising page. Uh, alternatively, if you follow me on Instagram at John Markar. You will find there in my bio page the uh, the links there. Uh, um, in fact, the only link at the moment is to that. Uh, the fundraising does close on the fourth of June. We are recording this in 2023. Just in case you're joining us in the future, what's it like? Um, but yes, just uh, just be aware of that. Fourth of June is the deadline. So if you're listening to this on the week that it comes out, you still have time. Once we get to the 4th of June, that's it. The donations will be closed. Uh, last couple of things. I've had a busy old week doing some less exciting things as well, refreshing our website, making it look a little bit tidier, a little bit prettier. And we have a brand new website URL. I know, calm down. Uh, yeah, driven.site is the new website URL. So everything that we do, absolutely everything we do, can be seen at driven. Dot site. I admit I took inspiration from uh, Will Beaumont's verka.site. <laughs> I thought it was really cool. Yeah. So I've gone with that. Um, also, don't forget to check out the YouTube channel. Plenty of new content there and lots of stuff, new stuff coming soon in the very near future. Make sure you've gone and subscribed to that to see what we're doing. Um, I think, unless I've missed anything, Miles, that's it. I think we've been quite comprehensive, actually. I think we have. It's yeah. been quite alarming. We've actually been talking about driving cars, reviewing cars, almost like actual journalists. <sighs> almost. Almost, yeah. And I managed not to make any crude jokes, so that's always a that's good thing. That's very good. Yeah, yeah. I'm very impressed. I'm learning. Um, by the way, if you want to read about the DGR, whilst you're on the website, you're going to have a look anyway, you'll see there, top... Um, top front and centre is a link through to the article that I've written about the ride, um, which also explains some of the amazing causes. So if you want to go and see what that's about, with some amazing photos, I should add, uh, Shane Benson, Australian photographer, who'd flown over from Australia to cover the ride with Triumph. So I was riding the Triumph Speed Twin 1200. It's amazing. I've still got the bike for another three and a half weeks. I'm just riding it everywhere. I've ridden it here today. I've got my bikey gear with me, If the sun is shining in the morning, I'm riding that bike. I love it. I adore it. There will be a video review on it. There'll be a written review on it. Um, But yeah, spoiler alert, it's brilliant. So uh, yeah, big shout out to Shane, who took some incredible photos, a lot of which you'll be able to see on that article as well. So if you want to see me looking rather dapper in uh, my waistcoat and trousers with matching orange tie and pocket square to match my orange motorcycle, um, then head on over to driven.site to have a look. God, I've said a lot of words. I, I feel like we both have, but there was a there was a fair amount to
1: cover there. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, admittedly, we don't do these all that often. So, no, um, the, uh, normal service will be resumed, maybe um, with with a, an,
0: an guest, maybe, and uh, we'll see <laughs> we'll see how that goes. We'll see how that goes. Absolutely. Uh, for now, thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode. Um, we'll speak to you again in a week's time. Thanks for enjoying us for yet another podcast, and we will see you <laughs> on the flip side. On the flip side. Bye bye. The Driven Chat Podcast, powered by Paramex Digital. Oh, wow. You've made it to the end. The